0: Hello and welcome to Cooler Heads Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Payne. Sometimes it's tough to keep calm when it comes to being a fan, and it's easy to forget that Cooler Heads prevail when the fires of fanhood bring out that rage. Whether you need a pep talk or reality check when it comes to your team, Cooler Heads is the sports podcast for all fans. No discrimination, rivals welcome, and we're here for a good time. Speaking of here for a good time, it is my co-host, Michael
1: Smith. How are you doing today, Mike? oh man i'm doing great like you said good time good times all around
0: there you go yeah i mean it it's a bit naive idealistic and cheesy but that's that's my motto anyways it's what i'm all about uh what do, what do you think about what we got going on here
1: Man, i think it's going to be a great time i uh i uh you know it gets it gets too hot it like gets too hot and heated sometimes being a sports fan, like, like you and I are, and as passionate as we are about all our different teams and all our different sports. So it's fun to take a step back and realize, hey man, you know, at the end of the day, we're all just we're all just guys and girls being fans, talking our shit and having a good time with it. So everybody can take a step back and enjoy it, you know?
0: Yep. At the end of the day, it's a game and you're still wearing a piece of dirty laundry. You know what I'm saying, man? Hey, exactly, couldn't have said it any better myself. All right, so let's start out with the scoreboard. Let's start with the NBA. The Heat eliminated the Bucks four to one. We got Celtics Raptors coming up game seven this evening in progress currently game five for Clippers Nuggets. Nuggets lead Clippers lead that series three to one. And then we got Lakers Rockets game five coming up tomorrow. Today is September eleventh, twenty twenty. By the way, and uh, never forget. Wanted to throw that in there. Um, Going on to the NHL, Lightning lead the Islanders 2-0 game three tonight. And the Stars lead the Golden Knights 2-1 game four tomorrow. Football, NFL kicking off week one this week. We had Chiefs beating the Texans last night 34-20. And then we've got in college football, the ACC and the Big 12 kicking off for the Power Five conferences this week. Let's see here. Uh, Headlines. Smaller note, Big Ten eyeing October 10th start. That would be great. Um, and one of my favorite things in life, usually doesn't happen as often as it is about to, but the sports equinox approaches, Michael. Are you hyped? I could not be any more hyped. Is it not the best thing ever when you don't know what channel to put it on? Especially after months of having nothing to put it on sports-wise? Just
1: It's, it's almost overwhelming, isn't it? Just a little bit. Overload overload you got to sit there and be like okay i've got this game here and i've got this sport here it's almost like wake up crack a beer and man just rock and roll all day
0: multi-screen action for days and that is my favorite thing in the world is when i have multiple sports to put on a screen
1: hey my add is not happy when the sports equinox happens but my my uh, my heart's happy so Yep, We had
0: one last night, Thursday night. Uh, We got a big one coming up on Sunday, and of course we'll get some action on Monday as well. Pretty much it just flows with the NFL at that point. All right, now going on to our first segment. Uh, First one we're starting with is hurt and hype. Uh, Basically, we pick something to highlight that we're hyped on and something to highlight that's hurting this week. Mike, you want to start us off with hype?
1: Sure, man. Hey, as you said, September 11th, going into the weekend, Premier League starting up again on Sunday. It seems as if it just got finished, what, two weeks ago? Um, I think it's something like 43 days. I could be off a day or two on that. But Premier League, nonetheless, starts up again on Sunday, and I could not be more excited for that. Um, You know, first things first off the bat, can Liverpool defend their title? Um, Only eight occasions in the last 28 seasons have the champions lifted the trophy again. Obviously, the last to do was Manchester City. My blues in 1718 and 1819. Uh, Colin, what do you think about that? What do you think about Liverpool? What do you think about the uh, the prims starting up?
0: Uh, I'm excited. The Premier League's always fun. I'm still kind of getting into it uh, on my own, but l- watching Liverpool run the table last year was just not fun, and watching Man City run the tables the past couple of years. I mean, it's it feels like we haven't really come down to the wire uh, yet with the Premier League. So there's a bit of a feeling of. Uh, anti- anti-climactic ending there for me usually, but that's also because I'm a Tottenham fan personally. So,
1: you know, always always <laughs> yeah.
0: hoping to get that fourth spot uh, at best, but hopefully there's a little, little bit more in the season for us this year.
1: Yeah, speaking of coming down to the wire, nothing like watching Sergio Aguero in 2012 score a 95th minute goal to snatch the uh, Premier League trophy away from Manchester uh, United. Speaking of Manchester United, Frank Lampard is hoping to become the first person to win a Premier League title, both as a player and a coach. He's uh, brought in a ton of talent. Uh, they got a new look team. I know they finished strong to the end of the season uh, this past season. Is what? What's the Prim like? Twenty years old now, right? 28 I believe as I said my last point and it seems you know you, you you mentioned changing of the guard you know it seems as if Manchester United was the guard for so long. They've had a handful of off years um, you know in, the, in, in recent memory and it would be as a Manchester City fan you know it wouldn't be fun to watch but I gotta say you know watching the old heads come back and make a strong push it, it would be it'd be cool to see what you think.
0: Yeah, it's 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 just one of those things like baseball is always more fun when the Yankees are good. Football seems more fun when the Cowboys are good. The Packers are good. Lakers and basketball, that type of deal. So Man U is one of those teams that somewhat elevates the league when they have when when they have the talent on their side. It seems like they've been in a bit of a rebuilding stage lately, but as we've seen with a lot of our big sports franchises,
1: it always comes back around for them. Definitely, definitely. Everyone's going to go through their ups and downs in every sport. Um, So it'll be interesting to see if this is the year they can turn around and really make a push from the jump of the season all the way towards the end. Uh, Last thing I got on the prim this year, or uh, today, is uh, the 16-year absence by Leeds United. They made it through promotion uh, this past season, joined with uh, Fulham and West Bromwich Albion. I probably butchered that name. I apologize. That's pretty close. (laughs) But, uh, you know, Sheffield United was promoted last year and they got a top 10 finish. So like I said, Leeds full of West Brom, which are really looking to use that promotion to their advantage. Uh, it's always fun to see the underdogs. You know, you think of Leicester City a handful of years ago, just coming back and shocking the entire world. So I guess first thing would be, do you think any of these guys have a chance or two? You think they're just out there, not out there just having fun. Obviously they want to do well and they want to win, but it's, I, I love the promotion and the relegation uh, Model, so it'll be. It's, it's the best. It's the
0: best part about English soccer, in my opinion. To, especially with these fan bases, and I don't know if you've watched a program on Netflix uh, with Sunderland till I die. Seeing how much it really, it it gives it it gives professional sports in England a college football environment, in my opinion. When you have these kind of smaller clubs that can play themselves into the big leagues, like imagine if you had. UCF able to play themselves into the ACC or the SEC. It's hey, there's mean, always that are you sense of about national optimism. champion. UCF call it what you will, <laughs> but that's the best part of English soccer, in my opinion. Is is the ability to improve your team status, and then at the same time, there ain't no tanking. You cannot tank because one, it doesn't matter. Which I wish our sports would kind of go to that model, but two, because You're you're going to get knocked down, and that's a million dollar. Sometimes it's a million dollar loss in some of these cases to get relegated.
1: Oh, absolutely! And if you think about it, also a lot of the young talent, you know, a lot of the superstars of today's world in terms of soccer start at these young clubs, right? And these smaller clubs, obviously, it makes sense. Um, Unless it's just you know the next Messi. Obviously, they're going to go to you know the camp of a major club, but. And generally, or generally speaking, you've got these young superstars that get relegated. And I'm, I'm sure some of them are never heard of them, heard of them again because the club just can't recover. The club just stays down. You know, like just piggybacking on, it pays to be a winner and it pays to stay at the top of your game. Um, and it's always exciting to see new talent, new teams going up and down. So I totally agree with you on that.
0: Absolutely. And for a team like Leeds coming back, into the league after so long it's it reminds me of these college football programs again that had some success back in the day like tennessee you know winning a championship in the 90s and now they're kind of you know not laughing stock i don't want to say that that's aggressive but they're middle ground in the sec east which isn't great by any means and so it's interesting to see these teams come back and create their own legacy
1: in a new generation 100%. 100%. Gotta have a lot of pride and and uh, be proud of themselves for making it this far. And now it's just up and up from here. So what you got on hype, Colin?
0: I'm hyped on golf, man. They just pulled off an incredibly successful comeback from the the virus hiatus. They've got countless stars developing at a rapid rate. Colin Morikawa coming off of the sole major win of the comeback season. And I mean, you got guys like Victor Wolf, Daniel Berger, or sorry, Matthew Wolf, Victor Hovland, Daniel Berger, Scotty Scheffler. That was quite the uh, blender of names there. Uh, but just the, those guys set up for a real bright future in the PGA. And then on top of that, you throw in the current stars that are continuing continuing to show out. Uh, DJ went in the tour championship, JT, Rom, Tony Finau, McElroy. The, the, the Circus and Psycho show that is Bryson DeChambeau. It's just (laughs) amazing. It's, there's, there's so much to love about it. And then now we're entering a new season, right? Just completely turning around, which golf usually has a quick turnaround, but there's not this much going on early in the season. Like we've got this year, we're going to have two majors in the first three months of the season with the U.S. Open next week in September at Wingfoot. And then you got the Masters coming up in November. Uh, It's going to be different, interesting, and it's going to be golf that matters in the fall, which is going to be fun to see.
1: Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. I, in getting into my adult life, have learned how to really enjoy golf and really enjoy the backstories behind it instead of just looking at the scoreboard at the end of the weekend and being like, oh, you know, Tiger won, Rory won, this, that, and the other, and really paying attention to like what's going on in the world and i tell you what, you had a good point with all this young talent and all these new guys on the up and up, as well as the superstars. Man, some of this play and some of these scores have been absolutely insane in a lot of these tournaments. And that's just, that makes it so much more fun to watch and so much more interesting. Uh, Not that it was not beforehand, but you get my drift. And, you know, another point that I wanted to make is, totally correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I'll admit when I'm wrong, but it seems as if, with how well golf played this pandemic, you know, it's one of those sports that these guys can still play. I mean, obviously, every, every athlete in every sport can, but, man, golf doesn't need 60,000 people in the stands or 60,000 people on the course walking around. I mean, those guys can come out there dead quiet. Obviously, I'm sure they prefer it dead quiet, so no fans is probably a positive for them um, and show out day in and day out been a lot of fun to watch
0: yeah you can i'd say if anything it helps the guys the younger guys who are um who aren't used to the big crowds i mean there there are tournaments that aren't majors that draw a very large crowd and then these some of these guys are coming off of college tournaments most of the time or corn fairy tour tournaments most of the time that aren't aren't necessarily drawing huge crowds and then you've got the the already established guys who somewhat feed off the crowd and they've learned to play with the noise and, and kind of appreciate it to an extent. I'm sure, you know, they're, they're all gonna say they want more fans because, I mean, really, that's what the sport's supposed to be. You don't, you don't grow up playing football and dreaming about playing in front of an empty stadium. You dream about playing in front of a packed house. Same with golf. You don't grow up planning to walk fairways with no one there. You want fairways lined with people because that means that You're in the hunt. You're in the show. Everything seems, that seems to be the one talking point we get with every sport is, man, we miss the fans, which I wish they would step away from that because like, yeah, we get it. The fans miss being there too. But you're, like you said, golf is one of these sports that is set up to be a little more successful under these current
1: conditions. Definitely. You know, it's been fun. It's been funny to listen to. And as you said, the circus show that is Bryson DeChambeau You've got guys like Brooks Kepka and uh, I don't know, man. I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I'm I'm super pumped up for the US Open and the Masters. I'll be glued to the T V. Um, but not hearing a roar of the crowd on on a random putt where some, you know, where Tiger has to step away for a few minutes or you know, you've got Rory coming up the fairway and he just made a great chip shot and roar of the crowd coming up to the green. It's gonna be a little weird, but hey, they know what they're doing. They're professionals, you know?
0: Absolutely. One more note on the Masters. Did you realize that CBS broadcasting that week is going to go from the Masters straight into LSU, Alabama?
1: Holy crap. No, I did not. That is news to me. Money-making weekend for
0: CBS.
1: Talk about ratings. Oh, my goodness. Did you see the absolute insane Plan that the ACC basketball coaches came up with, calling for a hundred and twenty-some odd team tournament next year. Like, are you joking me? You're saying March Madness for an entire season? If
0: they're planning on doing that in one bubble, that's a big bubble. But I imagine that they would split it up. I don't know how that works. I oh, I don't what think it you... would
1: work at all. But just the just. The uh, but I don't even
0: begin. That. I don't. I don't even know where to begin as far as the logistics of that. On where to go, like okay are we splitting them up into 18 bubbles and then playing round robin from there what are we going, like i don't
1: know oh, trust me there's there are a billion questions and maybe two answers to those my head hurts thinking about that 100 percent. but i remember getting that notification and being like no way
0: that's so sound, anyway. that sounds like a pretty uh
1: it sounds like a nightmare, but I'm like glad a, I'm
0: not in charge of putting together. That's what I want to say.
1: Okay. <laughs> yes, sir.
0: All right, now moving on to hurt. I've been pulling for this team in the East in the NHL, but those New York Islanders are hurt, man. Underdog six seed in the first in the first round, they took down the Capitals, who were the three seed. Second round, they had an emotional seven game series with the Flyers. All three of the Islanders' losses in that series came in OT. So. Anytime you're losing, it's just at the very end, at the very end of it. And then came away with like a blowout 4-0 win in in game seven. And now they're having some trouble. They got smoked by the Lightning in game one, had an early lead in game two, lost it at the end of the first period, and then gave up the game winner with 10 seconds left in regulation to go down 2-0. It's been a Cinderella ride for the Islanders, but like most of these runs, it's only two games to be down, but
1: it I mean, seems be, like being it seems outscored
0: like 10 to three is not fun.
1: Yeah, it just, you know, it's, I think, from my perspective, I didn't see game one. I actually saw the scoreline of game one while I was watching game two, and my jaw hit the floor. But, it, you know... It really just seems like a classic case of, man, they ran out of gas or they're running out of gas. Excuse me. Obviously, they can still turn this entire series around. It's only game three game. You know, this isn't win or go home. Seems like it is. Um, But definitely, definitely hurts to see them to see them hurting. Um, you know the Islanders have such an insane, passionate fan base, some of the greatest in my opinion, some of the greatest classic uniforms or jersey, sweaters, whatever you want to call it, in hockey. Um, it's fun to see them on the ice, and it's been fun to see them this entire playoffs. But, man, Lightning seemed like a machine right now. and I hope they can pull it off, or I hope they can turn it around and make it a series. Um, I don't see them winning this series, but I, I I feel you. I'm hurting for them. Sad to see.
0: And it's it's kind of one of the more interesting things to watch coming off of the, the play-in the play-in playoffs, where there they took on, it took on a ten seed. I can't remember who the team was, but with the play-in playoffs, I mean they played the same. They might have even played fewer games than uh, any of the teams who were in the round robin portion of it, the first four seeds. But those are a little bit more pressure-packed games than the the seeding games of the one, two, three, and four. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like you said, just kind of running out of gas. Been an incredibly emotional run for them, I'd
1: imagine. Fun fact, it was the Florida Panthers. There you go. For their best of five play-in.
0: Start with the Florida team, end with the Florida team. It looks like it might be. (laughs) Who you got hurting?
1: Man, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I've made it clear. I have never, and I don't mean this negatively, I have never been sold on the Milwaukee Bucks. And they are hurting right now. And I don't want to say told you so because I don't want to be an asshole because we are cooler heads here at the cooler head sports podcast but bucks are hurting yet another disappointing exit in the playoffs for Ooh. another year and
0: you know I gotta say Mike the bucks are definitely looking to step away from the heat at this point
1: <laughs> dad jokes for the win there you oh, go I love it love it um, yeah he was they had to they had to get out of the kitchen if, uh, if I might add he was too much. No, just the, yet another disappointing exit in the playoffs for him. Um, you know, is this too much hype and pressure for Giannis? Um, or, you know, is this all a part of building the process of building a champion? Or is something actually wrong here? You know, Like, what's, what's going on? Do they need, you know, you and I have discussed off the air of, do they need, you know, what other piece do they need? What other superstar can they attract? Or, as I just said, is something wrong here? Is it something that we don't know? Or is, you know, what do you think is going on, man? I, I, don't,
0: I don't think that they're – like, yeah, this series looked really bad. And they, they were the team that was supposed to do it going into these playoffs. But, I mean, are, are we going to do the thing with Giannis where where it's like you can't pull it off the first two years he was supposed to be able to pull it off. So we just start to write him off and say, hey, where's he going next?
1: Yeah, I see where you're going with that. Um, you and I tend to, to fall on the same side of the fence of like, hey, you know, everybody like take it easy. Like, this isn't just like an instant fix or an instant type of, oh, they're going to win rings on rings on rings. In today's day and age, man, it just, everyone's got the cancel culture. Everyone's got the win now. Everyone's got the, oh, if he can't do it now, is he ever going to be able to do it? And I mean, he's 25. He's 25. Like, the man, the kid is young. I mean, and... He's got a solid team around him. Obviously, their coach is top-notch. I, I think they'll make it happen at some point. I just, the reason I'm hurting, the reason I have them on my hurt train for this week is I feel for them because you know all of the flack that they're going to catch from now going forward. You know what I mean? I mean?
0: Who knows? Maybe they just ran into that team of destiny.
1: Yeah, I feel you. I mean, as you mentioned, any of the favorites, could run into the buzzsaw that is just that team that year, a.k.a. right now it's the Heat. Uh, you know, everyone's just one team gets on a roll and just steamrolls through people. And I, I was, I will say I was a little shocked. They didn't even, in my humble opinion, the Bucks didn't even make it a series. Um, but, hey. You know,
0: you know, 4-1, that's not wrong by any means with a 4-1 series. Like, if you end it in game five, then that's, it
1: didn't really get that far. No, exactly. And obviously the the injury bug with Giannis and his ankle, obviously there's a storyline there. Level of that talent to help out Giannis, or do you think they stick with what they got?
0: They got two things going against them, in my opinion. They've got not drawn a whole lot of NBA players to Milwaukee, but it seems right now that Giannis isn't the type of player that people are just going to go anywhere to play with. Like it seems like LeBron kind of has a bit of that to him, or at least he's he's put on that facade at the very least with the teams he's being able to construct around himself. But it just it kind of doesn't seem like Giannis is that.
1: As you said earlier in, in in this episode, it's changing of the guard, and we'll see if it works out for him.
0: Doesn't my biggest thing though is I don't want the sports media to just. Just rag on Giannis until he wins a championship. No,
1: because that's just gonna. All that does is tear.
0: It's like, tear, tear yeah, is he elite? He doesn't never ring. Is he elite? He doesn't never ring. Gets a like, ring. Okay, when's he gonna get the next one?
1: That's. I feel like that's how it plays out with every NBA star. And that's what I meant earlier when I brought up this hurt segment of the Bucks. Was we live in this culture of like, you gotta have a ring. You gotta win it now. If you don't win it now, when you know it's just like, man. You go out there and win a ring then. You know what I'm saying? Like these it's guys, hard to
0: be the last one standing.
1: A hundred percent in any sport. And just there's thirty of them and there has to be one at the end of the day. Learn. I want I want the media to learn how to appreciate what the era of eliteness, talent, and sports that we are living through instead of like, oh nope, I'm writing him off. Oh nope, I'm writing him off. It's like, man, just enjoy it. Just enjoy the ride.
0: Man, I, I'm trying to, there's a, there, there is a good comparison between Giannis and Mike Trout right now. There you go. That, like, just go. the best in their game.
1: God, man, that's a good point. I really haven't thought about that because, you know, we'll get into this a little later, but the Rockets aren't pulling it off. Lakers are going to take them. And... I feel like the Western Conference Finals, we've
0: got our two contenders. And True. that leads us to our next segment, Take a Side. Michael, I'll defer to you. Take aside, Lakers, Clippers,
1: Lakers, man, Lakers, man. It's a team of destiny. You know, RIP Kobe Bryant and LeBron. I think the Clippers are on a roll, but man, do the Lakers look good. I don't, I don't know what's stopping them.
0: It's a, I mean, I made yeah. I've been wrong about uh, what are the Clippers going to do against Jokic. Uh, because they proved that they can handle that pretty well. But Anthony Davis is a whole different animal. Oh, yeah. You know, who 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 are you putting on there if you're the Clippers? But at the same time, you got two of the best on-ball defenders in the league with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard seems like a guy who could get a bucket in his sleep. You know, he's... He picks his spots and he sinks it every time. Absolutely. And I love the... And the thing with Kawhi... I would have to say, that gives him the edge over LeBron, in my opinion, this year, not legacy-wise, not anything like that. It's just his – he seems to be – I'm putting my foot in my mouth, I guess. But he seems to have more of a killer mentality at this stage in his career versus LeBron not seeming complacent. But, I mean, if LeBron doesn't get another ring tomorrow, I don't think we're all – well, some people might be, but I'm personally not gonna be like, oh LeBron, what the hell? Didn't win another one? Like, you can't I I don't know how much the age plays in a factor here too. Who knows?
1: That's fair. You know how, dude, like in all honesty, like how much gas is left in that man's tank. Like, come on, man. But man, they are both honestly.
0: I'm an idiot. I shouldn't doubt LeBron. You know, I'll I'll go ahead and say that first off. LeBron can do absolutely anything, and the moment you doubt him is the moment that he turns
1: his shit on. Everyone in the media knows that by by now. hundred percent. You give him just an ounce of doubt, and he's like, "Oh, you're talking you're talking against me." Yeah, okay, I'm gonna go off for a triple double, and I'm gonna take the. You know, it's just on cue, right? But I gotta say, you know, we're we're taking sides here, and I'm taking taking the Lakers side. But man, it seems like both of these teams are playing into their best basketball right now. And if they both take their series, which I expect them both to do against the Nuggets and against the Rockets, seeing them go up against each other, playing their best ball. Man, talk about a series. I think the Lakers pull that one out. Um, It's the side I'm taking. It's the side I'm sticking with, Colin. You're wrong and everything. One One more thing to add. Okay
0: hypothetical it's a game of two on two and you gotta bet on one team the person you're betting on is some aliens who are gonna blow up earth right and you gotta make the right pick if you lose earth gets blown up two on two who are you taking Kawhi and paul george or lebron and anthony davis
1: oh man that's just some backyard basketball man Uh man, I gotta go. I gotta go. LeBron AD because you got LeBron. Who's LeBron? You got a big man with AD who can cover down in the post and well, make LeBron by shot all
0: face. means is is a big man too.
1: They got what? length there. They've got the length. What, you mean six? What is he? Six, six, 250 pounds and one percent body fat. Yeah, he's big. I. Uh, uh... Would you take? Would you take Paul George and Kawhi? I mean, you can't. There's not really a wrong answer here. And then, but, really, but then the thing you think about is, I don't
0: know, who's matching up who on that? That's one of the questions I would have.
1: Yeah, because for the sake Paul of the argument,
0: for the sake of the argument, you got shit. That works out bad either way. I feel like, I feel like Anthony
1: Davis is a the catalyst there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. If he's on, that he his defense will Be on point, and then he can obviously shoot mid range or get some layups over you know Kawhi and Paul George. I don't know, right, two on two for with Earth on the line. Yikes!
0: <laughs> quite a coin toss, isn't it?
1: Quite a coin toss, quite a coin toss.
0: All right, so you want to move on to uh, a little bit of a little bit of fan counseling? Let's do
1: it. Let's do it. I need some in my life.
0: All right. do well, you, you want to start with uh, you—a uh, good news, bad news first kind of guy. Which what, you want to go positive or pessimistic?
1: Oh man, you know we've been talking a lot of bads. So let's go. Let's go positive. You know, bank counseling is all about. Hey, we're here for you. We're going to talk you through it. We're going to figure it out together. So let's go positive first.
0: Michael, those Houston College. sports fans are feeling pretty down lately, aren't they? They got. I mean, they're the Astros are just. God, and you know, the season that they've been getting murdered by fans on social media and they just want everybody to shut up and they're really just struggling right now, dipping below 500. Rockets on the brink of elimination. Looks like that franchise could be blown up any second. And then you got the Texans going out, had to fight to uh, get close to breaking the spread, granted against the Super Bowl champions, but then it doesn't help when D hop is on Twitter, giving you the smoke. Talk me off the ledge, Michael. I'm not feeling good as a Houston sports fan.
1: You know, this is a hard one, bud. this is a hard one to do uh, with my, my loyalties and my love, but um, Hey, let's go. We'll go one by one, man. Astros. Hey, it's just one of those years, you know, what's going on in the world with a little bit of injury bug with the, you know, getting rid of everyone keeps getting hurt michael i know i I know colin i'm aware (laughs) i'm trying to be positive here but no i it's gonna be okay you know the franchise isn't imploding we're not getting rid of everybody we've had three absolutely insanely positive years in a row and then with what's going on now hey everyone's gonna have a little bit of an off year not everyone excuse me that's that's not the truth, but every every team that's just killing it and killing it and killing it. Inevitably, I mean, look at the Warriors. They're going to come back next year and be just fine, probably in the finals. Again, this is just their off year. They had some stuff happen. Same thing with the Astros. Astros are going to be okay. You can hop. You can take a step off the ledge from there, and we'll be back in World Series contention next year. As for the Rockets, oh, man. I might be right there with you, but I'm going to try to do this. But, um, first year with Russell Westbrook, uh, we got to give that a, we got to get that experience a, or that, a, we have to give that experiment. That's the word I'm looking for a little more time before we're ready to just write it off. Um, it seems, you know, obviously live by the three die by the three Harden hasn't seemed to have had his just absolute like abysmal disappointing performance. Like he has in the last couple playoffs. Um, Going up against the juggernaut that is the Lakers, it is what it is. I I think they're just kind of a team of destiny this year, uh, with what's going on in their franchise. The Rockets, though, it'll be an interesting offseason. You know, I I like Mike D'Antoni. I think everyone should like Mike D'Antoni. He's created one of the most prolific offenses the NBA has ever seen. Um, I hope.
0: we just keep going small. We can't match the big guys. Anthony Davis, Jokic, we're just outmatched at every corner.
1: I know, I know, and we've made it work this far, but clearly um, it's not its not the recipe for success. And I have to trust, and you have to trust in Daryl Morey and Tillman Fertitta that they're they are going to take this season into account and say, hey, we made another I'm run. I'm supposed to
0: trust Tillman?
1: Well, he is the, he is the billionaire. <laughs> well, I,
0: I like Daryl, but Tillman?
1: <laughs> I, I trust that they're going to take this year into account and say, hey, we made another positive run. And we just, you know, another piece or two here and there. Give Westbrook and Harden some more time to gel. and I think we're going to be okay. Now, moving on to the abysmal Houston Texans. There's not much ledge to uh, step off here. Uh, Two games in a row getting smoked by the Chiefs. You're making
0: me feel awful for having one of the best quarterbacks
1: in the league, by the way. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you, bud. I don't know what to tell you. Uh this we might be on the same page with this one uh it's game one long season ahead of us it feels it all. obviously it feels being behind the eight ball being oh and one versus one and oh but a lot of season left a lot of ball left i'm excited to see how the offense looks you know getting all of our receivers involved a little more than we did last night seeing david johnson be athletic and be quick and get a touchdown last night was exciting i think you should be excited about that um uh, Deshaun is going to Deshaun, you know, my boy Dijon Watson, Dijon Mustard Watson, he's going to su- he's going to cook with the sauce all year. It's going to be exciting to watch. Um, defense needs a little work. Defense always needs a little work. J.J. Watt looked great last night. I think you've got a lot of pieces in place to salvage what is a long season. It's one game. Everything's going to be okay, bud. Until you play the Chiefs in the playoffs again, right? Well, you know. <laughs> Some things never change, you know. Some things Absolutely. never change, and you know we'll, we'll see what happens.
0: Okay, okay. I think I'm, I think I'm settling down now. Could be. Just
1: got to take a breath,
0: Michael. Though, but why, why are the Rockets the only ones getting busted for bringing ladies into the bubble? That's why I'm, I'm mad about that.
1: Man, because everyone wants <laughs> to hate the Rockets. Everyone wants to hate the bad guy, hate the villain. They're just vilifying us. They, they, they didn't even. There's no proof that Daniel House even brought anyone into there they just had a door closed like come on guys Like, you're just trying to create storylines so you can get LeBron James in the finals come that's on. the
0: that is the story that's been one of the best stories of the bubble that that one's gonna rank up there with Lemon Pepper Lou which Lim I don't know Pepper Lou. <laughs> if anybody heard that then it's uh I might get sued for even saying that with his trademark
1: <laughs> so yeah take a step off take a deep breath breathe
0: one thing fan. you didn't mention was with the astros is that like what like two-thirds of the leagues make the playoffs this year so that's great
1: hey you know we've got hey they're just
0: resting on. the stars up all injured you resting know what that means up.
1: that means there's a chance <laughs> there's a chance just get yourself into contention and boom let's rock and roll dude let's hit some dingers let's throw some heat and let's bring a title back to H-Town, man. All right, Mike. Cheaters or not cheaters. Don't care. Kiss the ring. Tell everyone to screw off.
0: What beat-down neurotic fan base are you representing in Talk Me Down?
1: Man, I am a crazed Notre Dame football fan that now has to deal with an ACC football schedule instead of my beloved Never want to change ever again in the history of time, independent football schedule. They are going to make us try to run through Clemson. We've got Ian Book, fifth year senior. He's going to ball out. We've got a great great team, a lot of high expectations. We're going to run into Clemson and it's going to cost us our chance at getting blown out by Alabama in the playoff or national championship again. Talk me off a ledge as a Notre Dame football fan.
0: Well, first thing I would say is between your two rivals in the Pac-12 who aren't going to play this year, and then what, like your handful of Big Ten teams that are constantly on the schedule, that might not play this year as well, there could be an extra spot opening up in that playoff for you, and you're only facing like one and a half ranked teams in the ACC this year, so the schedule honestly got much easier for Notre Dame.
1: But I am a traditionalist, Colin. I want to play my rivals, and I want to beat them all, and I want to see hard nose football. I don't want to play patty cakes on my schedule. I want to do it the right way so when Notre Dame makes it in, they can say they did it the right way, and they didn't have an easy cake schedule.
0: Hey, you know what, Mike? Tradition's got to start somewhere, and why not start a new one this year? They got to start somewhere, and who knows? You beat Clemson, and now you're like, oh, that's my favorite tradition.
1: And now all of a sudden, Notre Dame football is forever changed for the history of time.
0: You know they could beat they could beat Clemson if they if I mean honestly, if Notre Dame beats Clemson, there is no keeping them out of the playoff. Yeah, oh, no doubt. If Notre Dame loses to Clemson by less than ten points, there's no keeping Notre Dame out of the playoff. If that's their sole loss.
1: Now would it be would they be playing Clemson in? The like ACC championship, or or I guess I don't know if there is that an that ACC kind of
0: championship, but it's on the regular season schedule.
1: Yeah,
0: I knew that much. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess there's an ACC championship, but I let's see. Your Notre Dame is playing Clemson November seventh, fourth to last game of the year. So coming down that home stretch, dude. Dude, the, the more I look at this. Duke, South Florida, Wake Forest, Florida State. Who's low? Louisville. Who's low? Pitt, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Boston College, number eighteen North Carolina, and Syracuse. Oof! The Notre Dame fans should be so happy this year. We might have just talked
1: me off. We of don't have
0: to go to the West Coast twice. We don't.
1: Don't have to play the normal big huge rivals. We could play some cakes. Hey, North Carolina looks. Good. It's going to look good this year their quarterback's a stud. You got Matt Brown back talking off the ledge of that one, having to play Clemson and North Carolina, who could be top 10, top 15 at that point.
0: Oh, uh, I mean, they're they're number 18 right now, but I don't have faith in anybody in the ACC other than Clemson, and now Notre Dame.
1: All right, Colin. Well, I think you've done it. I think, as a Notre Dame diehard traditionalist fan, I if we make the playoffs and do something well it's gonna be it was all my idea and if we don't i'm blaming you so there it is fair enough <laughs> fair enough all right colin moving over to reality check what do you have for reality check Listeners, um, this is this is uh, something as hey we're going all the way we're winning the whole thing and we're here to tell you to pump the brakes
0: yeah, you can you can look at it that way and you can look at it in another way. Mine's more directed at people who are just thinking football season's gonna go off that hitch. And people who are gonna be quick to pull the plug and panic on it. Because as we've seen through the first two weeks of college football, which it's like warm-up college football, because now we got power five starting, the virus is finding its way to campuses and programs. And it's on those teams to address it and handle it correctly. So that's the first thing. But I I just don't want people to expect this season to go off completely without a hitch because we're gonna have postponements. And how does that affect the rest of the season? Like if if we want the season to happen, we've got to manage expectations and expand the conditions that we're giving the season. Like if we get to November, are, and, and we've had, like, a few postponements per conference, right? And we've just got, we've got to make up some games in the stretch. Do you think that Power Five conferences would coordinate together to kind of push back conference championship week and just say, hey, for the sake of the season, let's be flexible and work together. TV contracts be damn, We'll move them back.
1: I think at that point in the season, if everything that you're saying is kind of going on the way it's going to go on with some hitches here, some postponements there, not really any outbreaks. I think if it comes down to that, of like, hey, let's push back. I think think cooler heads will prevail. Shout out. um, And they'll come up with something that's a good plan that works for everybody. I think if they have just an absolute tumultuous season and things are going poor and things are going wrong, they might say, let's just get it over with you know, as fast as we can and try to make it happen.
0: Um, well. I mean, there's there there's obviously a threshold. There's a threshold of, of postponements, cancellations before they just say, hey, we can't put together a realistic season. And to that, I just, I want everybody to be patient. I, I think that's the key to this is we can't have anybody freak out out there. We've got to stay calm and keep our composure, Michael.
1: I agree. I agree. You can't be on one. You can't be on the football no matter what train, and you can't be on the no football no matter what train. I think as a as a sports society, we have to, to ride the middle and just say, hey, we're going to take this one week at a time. We're going to see how it goes, and hopefully, we can make it all the way through, man.
0: It would also be different if we had a full boat, right? If every conference Correct. was on board starting off at the same time. But then, I mean, you play into are we going to get into the Pac-12 season if we push back too far, which that's kind of the wrench in things, which at this point I don't even know why the Pac-12 – if they're going to be the only one doing it, like, why are you pushing back? So my,
1: my thought process behind that is, you know, you've got the SEC and, you know, the Big 12 starting play now, and you've got these games going on. You're going to start conference games here real soon. What happens – When the Big Ten decides to, oh, hey, psych, JK, we're playing football. Same thing with the Pac-12. How is that going to factor in of like SEC and Big 12? It's like, hey, man, we're already like three or four games into our season. Like, how does that match up with us? And then when it comes down to championships and playoffs and bowls and things like that, like, how does that play out of your, our seasons aren't running concurrently? Like, you're going to finish at different times, you know? Like that, that confuses me.
0: That's quite, that's quite on board with what I'm saying, with, with what I'm trying to say is that no one can panic because it seemed like the initial cancellation of the season and the initial bringing back on of the season in the Big Ten was all out of panic. It was like, oh man, we can't play football this year. We already know it for a fact. Panic, cancel the season. Oh, wait, we can play football. Panic, bring it back. Like at one point, at some point, make a decision and stick with it, but at the same time, don't jump the gun.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, and then there's the whole argument. It doesn't. It seems like it's uh, it's faded a little bit, which I'm personally happy about. But the whole spring football thing, I'm not a fan of that because then, okay, you're going to play spring football, and then you're immediately going to go into fall football. Like we're talking about safety of the players and safety of the programs. That just does not match up with spring immediately into a fall football schedule
0: um and then adding to that that's really that's really hurting the players from a draft standpoint too any guys who really have a have a potential in the nfl like you're making them choose between potentially their senior season which could add to their draft stock with the risk of getting hurt or you could say hey play with your current draft stock which you could
1: probably elevate in a senior season and then that's that's a million dollar decision absolutely and it's hard for a 18, 19, 20, 21, 22 year old kid to make that decision, especially with everyone in their ears. So, uh, as I've said before, um, however, this plays out with the reality check of college football is the way it is. However, this plays out, I don't think college football will ever look the same from a logistics or operations or leadership standpoint. Um, I, I don't, my personal opinion is the NCAA hasn't handled this very well as a governing board. Um, but again that's just my opinion um, and it
0: does feel like it's going to change the sport forever almost
1: definitely definitely um, and what's been interesting to see is when all this panic that you speak of started happening with cancellations or seasons being altered or this or you know insert you know, whatever here um, it was interesting to see how a lot of these schools and conferences were able to just, I was al- almost like imagine, you know, coaches and, and athletic departments being back in college and pulling an all nighter for a test and coming out with these schedules just like off the bat. And it was like, that's pretty impressive how you were able to to do that and really come together and put your heads together and do it. Uh, well, It's obviously yet to be seen how it's gonna work out, but you know, first slate of college football, like so- first solid slate of like a weekend of college football this weekend. Uh, Man, I'm hoping it goes on without a hitch. I don't expect it to, I think, give it a couple weeks and I mean it's just will
0: I don't want the only thing that college football cannot have is its own Rudy Gobert moment. They can't have somebody running out of running out of someone's locker room saying, Hey, we just had like three tests come back positive for the pregame test. Like we have to get everyone
1: off this field immediately. Like no. I, that's one thing that college okay, football right, right. cannot have especially if you're you know when that happens obviously we're unaware of the severity of what's of of what's going on but imagine that happening and you have 25 percent capacity in the stands like how do you manage this you know what i mean
0: oh yeah i mean when i when i put together this the idea for this part of the segment it was before i watched a video of some guy at Ole Miss saying like, oh yeah, we got 20 people in the house, like half of us have COVID, but it's cool. Like they had a a couple up to their house and we're just like,
1: like y'all want football to happen, right? Y'all gotta behave. Y'all know that, right? Like If you want this, you have to do your part. And I understand that you don't want to do your part, but you have to do your part. Last thing I'll say on
0: that is, is I would rather be cautious and wrong than
1: than brave and wrong. That's all I'm gonna say. That's all I'm gonna say. Do you think college football would cover something up in order to go on at any point in the season, whether it be this weekend or championship weekend, like whatever? You
0: get down to championship weekend, I could maybe see it. But I think where that danger really lies is with pro football, where the the salaries are actually there. And I don't know. I I think if you're going to see that happen, it's going to be in the the pro game though, because the money thing I think there's just too many terrible optics to risk that happening in college football as far as like oh you don't even pay these kids and you're covering up some COVID tests like I think I think there's a situation in college where it's possible like you said championship week get into the playoff like I could see a coach trying to pull something like that I could see like any program trying to pull that but as far as regular season goes I think if you're gonna see it it's gonna be in the NFL Fair enough. Don't want that to happen because I mean, one, it's just bad for the sport, bad for sports in general. And two, it opens up this whole discussion of, of, are we making sports too big in our society when we're putting people on the field with COVID? I I think I don't want to get into that conversation.
1: We could table that for another, another episode. Uh, Cool. Well, moving on to my reality check a little more specific, rather than the entire sport of football. Um, I like where you went with that, Colin. That was a good discussion. Um, I'm going to be a little bit more team specific and talk about the Slam Diego Padres. Which is what
0: this is intended to be—a lot more team specific. I just—I went with football as a whole because I just—that's what I wanted to talk about. Well, hey, but I mean, in general, it's supposed topic. to be team specific.
1: It's a prevalent topic in, in today's society, and with it all starting, it was a good—it was a good. Uh, it's a good segment to talk about. I mean, I think it needs—you know—I think it needs to be discussed, and it needs to be ideas need to be tossed around. Um, but yes, the Slam Diego Padres are my reality check. They are this year's hot, 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 hot baseball team, and it seems like they go yard on everybody. And while it is so fun to watch make baseball fun again, uh, I got to—I got to—I got to pump the brakes a little bit and say, hey, there's no. We've all we've all seen this. We've all seen the hot teams in the first half. I know it's just a sixty-game season, but everyone cools down. Everyone all all the other teams figure out how to pitch to these guys. I'm sure it's gonna happen. I want it to continue. As a sports fan, I want to continue seeing them go bonkers on people. Um, I like the players they got. Um, I like the uh, the personalities they got. But I just – I don't think – I don't think it continues.
0: I it's hard think. to argue with that lineup and that pitching staff, though. I mean, Tatis has been his own story. But then you've got Profar in there. You've got um, – Machado. They, then they just get Mitch Moreland. They got Machado. They, they got, got Tommy Mitch Pham. Moore. And then on the, you got Paddock already, and you're adding in Clevenger. Like, that's a great team to do. And then on top of that, you throw in what we were talking about earlier with the Astros is that even though they're second in their division right now in a three-and-a-half game – Deficit to the Dodgers. I mean, three teams in that division could make the playoffs this year.
1: Very true. I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt you for a quick second, little side tangent. Um, just want it to be known that I'm a big Chris Paddock fan. Big Chris Paddock fan. Love the guy. I like the stirrups. Um, I, I like the stirrups guy. Absolutely. Uh, fun fact: um, Our mutual friend John. He uh, went to he didn't go to high school with him, but he went to a high school that played him regularly. And like one of his friends from back home is like good friends with Chris Paddock. And back when he made his come up and his debut and stuff, John's buddy texted him and was like, Hey, do you remember this guy? And John was like, no, but I recognize the name. And he was like, all right, cool. He just got called up to the bigs. watch him. And we all remember that Chris Paddock had an insane MLB debut and uh, from that moment on, man, been a big Chris Paddock guy Uh, so just a little side note a little tangent but uh, man it's exciting to see the young talent come into play and then also having you know slight six degrees of separation connection to a big league player so I always find that kind of cool
0: yeah I didn't realize he was from the area actually that's interesting though let me
1: double check one second oh goodness but yeah so I don't I just I don't know if the Padres can can keep it up. What do you think?
0: Sorry about that. That interruption was brought to you by dogs. Um, but Mike, you were talking about Chris Paddock and the Padres.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I was going off on my little tangent uh, about our, our mutual friend that kind of has sort of a connection. He's actually from uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, oh. uh, he's went to City Park High School. He originally committed to play uh, college baseball at our alma mater AM. and um, and then he got drafted and went to the Marlins. Got traded to Padres. Anyway, wrapping that up. Long story short, big, big uh, Chris Paddock. So awesome. This, yeah,
0: they're uh, he's he's a fun guy to watch. He's been struggling a little bit lately, but in general, there. I mean, there. It's hard to argue with that roster. And then it's always great to get a second ace, as you know. Anyone who's a Houston fan knows that. Anyone who, I mean. Anyone who's a Dodgers fan knows that that pitching staff is insane. So, I mean, getting getting Clevenger in there, think what you want of him. I mean, I'm not the biggest Clevenger fan, but the guy definitely has a shit ton of talent. Um, I their offense is incredibly compelling.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. We'll we'll uh, we'll have to see if they can keep it up for the entire sixty game season and if they can make a push and. Make the playoffs and keep it with up. With so
0: many, yeah, with so many teams in the playoffs, I mean it could take a it could take like a I think sixteen seed. Wait, no. I can't remember how many teams are seeding up, but with so many making the playoffs, you know, you could get the last seed just getting hot at the right time.
1: Definitely. Definitely. So yeah. Thank you for that reality check on the slam Diego Padres. Make baseball fun again.
0: Yep. We'll try to clean those up a little bit in the future. And again, sorry about that interruption. But now to the next segment. Michael, what are you watching this weekend?
1: Ooh, what am I I not watching this weekend, Colin? Absolutely. What am I I not watching this weekend? Um, I'm going to be glued to, obviously, some of these hockey series that are wrapping up. They're not wrapping up. Getting to the meat of it, honestly. Getting to the meat of it. That's what I was looking for. Um, I'm excited to watch some college football, finally. Uh, Some big-time college football. I know... Um, I'll be watching the Texas Tech football game tomorrow night. Um, I haven't been able to look at the entire schedule, um, just with work. Keeping me busy as always, but um, I know I'll be glued to it tomorrow. And then Sunday, man, NFL football. Got some big games lined up. Rams opening their stadium, opening up SoFi Stadium against the Cowboys. Should be a lot of fun. Um, Do you know off the top of your head, Colin, if the Raiders are opening up their stadium this weekend?
0: Um, I don't know if they're gonna be at home, but I'll take a look at that real quick. You know, another addition to that, as far as what I'm watching, I'm really looking forward to that NFL Sunday. As far as the college goes, uh, I know ACC starting some conference play, but I'm really, I really got my eye on the Big 12 and the SEC uh, for that. And I
1: think those. I think I, those I, are, I can't uh, key
0: into I can't key into college football until those two start their conference schedules personally.
1: I agree I think those those two have the most compelling matchups and the most compelling ga- compelling games coming up Obviously everyone's kind of starting off with some cupcakes but um, more so for me why I'm watching is really just man college football's my jam you know
0: oh yeah it's back that's always fun. I got um, the weekend
1: off and just crack open some beer and hang out watch some football. Raiders on the
0: road against the Panthers this week. They will be opening up their stadium next week on Monday Night Football
1: against the Saints. Ooh, that's exciting. Well, at least we got one $5 billion stadium opening up this, uh, this weekend. Um, we've already touched on the no fans thing, which will be weird, but hey, it is what it is. To elaborate
0: on what I will be watching, which is NFL Sunday. I got talked into moving couches tomorrow, so I'm kind of pissed about that. That's why I'm downplaying college football. But NFL Sunday, NFL Sunday this week, it's going to be, it's one of those things where just for our specific, uh, region, as far as the television goes, where it works out perfect because we got the Texans taken care of on Thursday. Got the Cowboys on Sunday night, which means red zone all damn afternoon is Ooh, what yes that means. Sir. And then, of course, in that three o'clock hour, what I imagine would be America's game of the week, Saints-Bucks.
1: Oh, that's going to be a fun one. That's going to be fun. The I first
0: Brady Breeze, and we're doing it week one.
1: Yes, sir. I cannot wait. The storylines of this NFL season take away covid take away no fans take away uh, ev- you know all all of the things we're talking about football x's and o's man there are a lot of ton a ton of cool storylines that i'm excited for aka week one breedy brady. brady wow breeze brady can't talk today apparently yeah, guess who drafted gronkowski on their fantasy team this guy,
0: I don't know how that's going to work out for you. I'm not. I'm not going to speak for a guy who hasn't played in a year, but it's. I mean, that's. It's a great matchup coming up with uh, with Bucks Saints. I mean Seahawks Falcons. There's a decent one. Packers Vikings. That's always fun. Uh, the Washington football team will be making their debut against the Eagles. Making a
1: debut. I like it.
0: And then uh, Cardinals 49ers as well in that three o'clock window. Those are some of the games that I've had my eye on. But uh, what other storylines sticking out to you, Mike?
1: Let's see. Let's see. You know, I'm excited to see a lot of the superstars playing on different teams. we got Todd Gurley playing for the Falcons. Um got the entire we've got Leonard Fournette now playing for the Bucks we've got Shady McCoy playing for the Bucks
0: Yeah, uh, that's the that. other thing for the Texans fans to be happy about you're in the same division with the Jaguars
1: so <laughs> I don't want to talk about the Texans <laughs> I just don't want to do it right now it's too fresh what you got your eye on uh man I storyline wise
0: Dak in the contract year I think is a thing I mean as a Cowboys guy myself, it's, I didn't know that it, it was really cool to see a, a football player come out against the whole uh, macho bravado that's expected of, you know, just a calm, cool collectness for, for that position in football. And to see a guy come out and talk about, you know, real things that have happened in his life over the past year. I, I'm it's just incredible. And, uh, to I mean yeah, incredible is a strong word. It's it's brave. It's honorable. It's 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 funny. We're talking about your feelings is the brave thing to do in that position. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's kind of where we were at then. But honestly, seeing him try to play for a contract is gonna be my storyline. I've been a big Dak guy ever since they drafted him. I enjoyed watching him a little bit in college. He he has all the makings of the quarterback, it just hasn't Worked out on the field
1: for him most days, other than the amazing thirteen and three rookie season that he had.
0: Amazing! I want that back so bad. That's the that's the type of football I want to see out of the Cowboys.
1: Hey, you know, like you said earlier in this episode, you know, not not being a Cowboys guy myself, but hey, we're you know we're not going to talk crazy biases here, but it is always fun when you know the Cowboys are good at football or the Forty Nine ers are good at football. You know, just those classic bruiser teams that have, are legendary in the game, having them be back on top. Um, I, do, I do got to commit you to bring it up, Dak. I think that's awesome. Um, not to get too deep. I, I think it's, you know, he, the platform that he has. And obviously, we support all of the platforms that are being used in pro sports in today's world um, for the greater good of society. But I think... Anxiety and depression are a lot of stuff that a lot of us young people and older people deal with on an everyday basis. Um, and it's cool to see him come out and be like, hey, you know, this happened, what happened to my brother happened and I dealt with it and I was in a dark spot. And I'm this big macho America's team quarterback and hey, I'm a little messed up and I needed some help. And I think that's I think that sends an amazing message uh, to the people that look up to him. I think it sends an amazing message to the people that are struggling with the same things he's just struggling with. Um, I don't know if you saw Skip Bayless is under some heat.
0: We don't. We don't need to talk about that. That's. that's I don't even want to give it justice, you, man.
1: Listeners, if you want to, if you want to figure it out, just go, go ahead and check. I out. Didn't, I didn't
0: second. even watch the clip, man. I, I read about the crux of what he said and just decided. Is very... I don't need to hear that. That's just garbage. I, I don't need to hear it. Which, I mean, who am I? But at the same time... But also, you who know, is he? I mean... By all means, a respected sports journalist. You know, I mean, I'll give... I, I mean, you definitely got to credit that, but... to Read the,
1: read the room is, is my take on that. To, read the
0: room. Yeah, I mean... Lo- losing a brother is a hard thing, man. And to lose a brother to suicide of all things has gotta to be tough, especially after the stuff he's already dealt with in his family. Um, to, ju- to kind of make, to turn his brother's suicide into a football
1: issue was- Or a leadership issue. That, that did not,
0: know. yeah, that didn't sit well with me. I think I think if anything, making yourself more human as the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is the greater move as a leader
1: hundred percent and again not we can we can move on this could be the last thing we said but he also decided to give a half-assed apology on the show after that so got a little bit of bad taste in my mouth for skip bayless but hey that's okay i'll move on
0: i've had a bad taste in my mouth from skip since the woody hayes days man not never been a fan
1: we've all got our favorite sports journalists and our non-favorite sports journalists absolutely
0: Okay, moving on. What you on. got next for me, Colin? Finish it up with the closing question. Michael, if sports in a world where sports are the only thing that mattered, so like flashback like nine months ago, <laughs> loyalties aside, what city are you moving to if sports are the only thing
1: that matters? So let me clarify this. Let me clarify this, Colin. So we're, we're taking away... You've got a
0: job, you've got all the money to pay for whatever apartment in that Family, kids, Everything, that's anything you can think of in that regard. The only reason you're moving is for sports
1: reasons. And everything everything else is like lined up to be like, yes, we'll move wherever. Yeah, you
0: got that job, you got that apartment, you got blah, blah, blah. You're hooked
1: up. You know, I really don't want to say this. I really don't. Because it, it hurts me, it pains me to say this, but my gut goes to like you know Boston, the Northeast, like something like that, to where it's just the most passionate fan bases you can possibly imagine. All of them are relatively good, all at the same time. It's just a history of winning. It's a history of championships and parades. You've seen, you've seen the memes and the pictures of the kid, you know, going to his first parade, and he brings the same poster. On his like twelfth parade with all the different tra- championship trophies on it, and that's where that's my where my initial gut goes. Um, there might be a better answer for me. The more I think about it, the more we discuss this, but that's where I'm going to go as of right now. What about you, bud? I
0: agree. Boston's a great call. Uh, can't can't beat a place like Fenway, and then of course the history with the Celtics and the Bruins, and then you know Foxborough is a thirty minute drive. So I, I mean. I get, you know, 30-minute drive. If 30-minute drive counts everything out, then you've got, like, two different spots in Dallas you can go to, you know, because that's about Arlington to downtown Dallas. But I look at places like, like. granted, the teams aren't in great shape right now, but Detroit in an area where you've got, I'm pretty sure they've got Ford Field right across the street from Comerica Park and then I'm not sure where the Pistons and the Red Wings are, but I'm pretty sure they're pretty close to downtown Detroit in that kind of central hub. I think Philly has a pretty similar setup. I, it's all about, like, you're in the main hub, you know? Because, like, if you did... Philly would like, be or,
1: fun. Philly would be a good time.
0: Yeah. So, like, if you think about New York, like, your football teams aren't even in the same state. So, I mean, you couldn't count those towards your qualifiers.
1: Well, that's what you get when you have like eight of every sport team in New York. So, but that's just me being an asshole. So,
0: <laughs> I think the one I like the most though
1: is, is the Bay Area. Ooh, quality living out there. Quality living.
0: Which, which thoughts, thoughts and prayers to them dealing with with uh, certainly more difficult things in sports right now with the uh, wildfires going on there, but. What a, what a wonderful area to live as far as the sports sector goes right now. I mean, the A's are on fire. You've got to use, You've essentially got a choice in every sport, but mm-hmm. the A's are on fire. That that's a terrible thing to say.
1: The A's are playing well <laughs> I right want now. Call and read the room.
0: That yeah, that was my bad. The A's are playing well right now. 49ers coming off of making it to a Super Bowl. The the Raiders are gone, so that's cool. Um. And then of course there's a history with the Giants. That's that seems like one of the more fun areas to be and in. And
1: you're forgetting the
0: Warriors. No, the Warriors, I'm stupid. Yes, that, forgetting that was the a, Warriors that was one I forgot to mention.
1: Yeah. Bay area would be a lot, a lot of fun because you know, obviously the question here is all things aside, we're talking about just sports, but we want to go a little deeper into it. I mean, just talk about like quality of living, the area, the weather. You think about how much
0: money you're making if you can afford an apartment in the
1: Bay Area. Think about how much money you're not making because all the money you are making is going towards cost of living, but... <laughs> well, you know what I mean, though. I know what you mean. No, I know what you mean. Uh, I like that pick. You know, originally, when I was tossing around this question in my head, I thought something like Denver, but then I was like, well, you know, in terms of like a sports mecca, it's not really it, you know? Um... We've got the Avalanche. Got the Broncos. Who have they a, got all
0: four, right? All four major sports. And they in got Denver? the
1: Nuggets. They got the Avalanche. They got the Rockies, and they have the Broncos. Broncos. Denver would be a cool place, and just you know, going a lot of those because of obviously in sports, it's a dead beaten horse of the elevation in Colorado, right, in Denver. And so going to all those, like, stadiums and being able to see sports at a mile high has got to be a cool experience.
0: Yeah, well, another thing thing of this question to consider would be the vibe of the fan bases, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, I would say Philly, but I'm not, like, they're a... They're They're rowdy. A ravenous fan base that i rowdy. i'm a little more mellow than that so it doesn't quite fit my personality you know, in that remark. i gotta
1: add i gotta add on to yeah. that with my answer of boston you and i are both pretty mellow even killed people and boston man talk about like passionate talk about rowdy and talk about give i love face. the passion
0: I I honestly I love the passion but it's just it's not definitely not
1: I'm not an in your face type of fan and shut you down and shit on your family type of fan like (laughs) like they can they can be so I uh, sports though I mean it's the mecca but I don't know if my personality would do well in Boston what else you got you got anywhere else
0: Dallas. D- Dallas and Houston, all things considered, are very good choices. Houston, everything's pretty close. In Dallas, it's just kind of a split of a suburb. Cowboys and Rangers in one area, Stars and Mavericks in another.
1: It's true. It's all, like you said, it's all split of a suburb, so it's all very easily drivable, whether in Dallas, Arlington, Irving, Fort Worth, Grand Prairie, you know, it's all very close together. Houston, you know, being from Houston, um, being a Houston native, I wish, growing up, I went to more. Uh, I gotta say, I wish I went to more Astros, Rockets, and Texans games. Um, but and you were growing up when the Astros were cheap. I was growing up when the Astros were very cheap, but and also when the Texans were cheap and the Rockets. Everyone was cheap. Man, what were my parents doing, right? But uh, you know, I, I grew up very close to the Texans stadium, uh, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, downtown downtown's always fun when the Rockets and the, and the Astros are popping. Uh, it's a great area, town, great scene. Um, NRG is just kind of off to the side and not in a popping part of town, in my opinion. So I don't know. I think if I had to pick between Dallas and Houston, living up here now in Fort Worth, I'd probably go Dallas, that DFW. I'm excited yeah. to be able to experience all the sports once uh, everything calms down.
0: It's a fun one. I get. I mean, there are a lot of two sport towns that make a great running for this, like Nashville.
1: Nashville's a place I would like
0: Duke, to go. Never so, so the so, Bridgestone Arena where the Preds play is right smack in the middle of the giant like bar district. I believe it's Broadway. And then just across, I don't know what river it is, but just across the river is uh, is Nissan Stadium, where the Titans play. And there, like there are bars lined on the other side of the riverbank that just over, that just like
1: overlook this giant, by all means for a sports stadium, beautiful stadium. That's awesome. Yeah, Nashville is definitely a place on the the top of my list to go visit, not only for sports related things, but just as a city in general.
0: Hope we we'll um, get back there for sports-related things, man.
1: Definitely. Got a question for you to add on to this question. Going to add another layer to it. We've only touched on uh, now a lot more biases come into this layer that I'm about to add. and But do, do we've only touched on pro. Does, does college have something to do with this question? Do you think it has any, any relevancy in the question?
0: I I'd keep college out of the question just because – you, get, you work in too many, like, small towns, like, and also, like, do, well, college station's close enough to Houston, like, do we count that? So, I, I don't know. That's fair. Bring, bringing in college
1: adds be a, a little more difficult. Point.
0: But I guess, I mean, if the college is in the middle of the city, by all means, mention it, yeah.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Just curious. Just wanted to throw that out there. It obviously would be fun as sports fans to go and experience whatever city you pick. You know, with college having nothing to do with it, it'd be cool to go experience what is around there and go experience their fan bases and stuff, so.
0: Like, I wish wish we had, like, home stadiums and crowds for this sports equinox situation we got coming up because it's always been my, like, ideal situation to, like, hit a daytime NFL game and then catch the baseball game at night or something like that. Like, that's always been, like... Oh man, that's bucket list type right. thing. That's great weekend setup, right there. Absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I'd like to come to that question uh, another time when we're both a little more prepared for it. But I, uh, that whole, the idea of loyalties aside and just kind of having fun being a fan of a team is what it's this. All about. The idea of this show is all about. You know, it's all about the fun behind uh, behind being a, a sports fan. Uh, but on that we'll wrap it up Mike uh, tell people where you can be followed
1: yeah so guys you can find me on Twitter and Instagram I made it simple for all of you um, my handle is at M I K E underscore n underscore I K E five five that is Mike and Ike five five yes I do love Mike and Ike's Colin where can you be found
0: I'm on Twitter at cpain, P A Y e zero one two and then on Instagram at c.pain, P A Y Um You can also follow us at Cooler Heads Pod on both Twitter and Instagram. And uh, tell us what you liked, what you didn't like. You know, keep a cool head about it. Just kidding. Be ruthless. I don't care.
1: You're not going to be listened to if you're ruthless. Please no. <laughs> roast us. I'm begging you to roast us.
0: Yeah, but, uh, you know, like, subscribe, and uh, follow us on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, thank you for tuning in. Uh, We'll see you again next time. Peace, guys.